Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is this the real life or is this just a fictional reality? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fictional Reality, a podcast exploring fictional worlds, puzzles, immersive experiences, world building, and stories. So this week, we're talking with uh, Kezia Jarrett, owner of Seraphim Escape Rooms out at Ipswich, heralded as Brisbane's scariest escape room experience, probably the scariest escape room experience on the southeast coast. Um, Kezia is, uh, is awesome. She's a ball of energy. Prior to this podcasting interview, we had just played something I'd invented called the Puzzle Present. It's uh, a bank heist in a box where you have to try and find out who is stealing from the bank, break into the vault. Uh, it's a bunch of fun. It's much, much like an escape room in a box. Uh, Kezia played that, so we talk a little bit about that. We talk about what makes a, an immersive experience in an escape room. What are the important details to include? What makes a good puzzle? This is one of my favorite questions, especially to ask escape room owners, is what makes a great puzzle? So we have a crack at that answer there. Um, we just have a general chat about uh, what it means to make a good experience. So thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. And without much further ado, here is Kezia Jack. Welcome, Kez. Thank you. This is uh, another episode of Fictional Reality. Um, today I have... Uh, the owner of Seraphim, Seraphim Escape Rooms out at Ipswich, yep. Kezia Jarrett. That's me. Is that right? Yeah. Well, welcome. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Kez. Uh, hi, <laughs> my name is Kezia. Great. I own an escape room. Uh, I am a mother of three. I'm married. Um, and I don't know. What do you want to know? I really love escape rooms. That's great. That's I, a great place that's to my, start. That's my thing. Um, so I guess I'll just jump in with the first question, sure. which is what makes a good puzzle? <laughs> uh, um, what makes a good puzzle? Mm. I feel like I should have looked at these questions so I can think, but that's not a good idea. No, okay. no, that's all right. Well, while while you think on that question, what? I'll tell you a bit about what this sure. podcast is so you have some idea. Okay. Um, for anyone listening right now, I basically just said, hey, Kez, do you want to be on a podcast? And you said yes. Yeah. Um, I don't ask questions. You ask me to do something, I'll do it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> that's, that's good. That bodes well. So fictional reality is um, all about exploring... Um, yeah, a fictional reality. So as mm -hmm. opposed to augmented or virtual, we have fictional, which is we use narrative, we overlay that onto the world and it creates more meaning in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, escape rooms do that. You know, theatre does that. When you go to a theatre, you're sitting in a fictional reality. Yep. When you read a book, it's a fictional reality. But we have these new forms of, um, of, of commerce, of, uh, of entertainment, escape rooms being one that are puzzle-driven. Yep. So before we get into what makes a good puzzle, it's like, how do you immerse someone in the, the world of the escape room? And what do you do to try and make that immersive? For me personally, there are a few things that I 
am really passionate about when it comes to immersion mm. and what that I think really make a huge, huge difference. Without them, I feel like the immersion is gone. Yeah, right. One of them is sound. Okay. Right? Yep. The sounds that you hear in the room. So if it's if there's no audio in the room, I feel like it can really... No, if there is audio in the room, it can make the experience feel more real. Right. It makes you feel more like you're in that game for real. Yeah. Or in that, that you know, whatever it is. Fictional reality. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing, another thing would be lighting. So if you're going into, for example, a creepy room, but you've got white lights, like it's something that, can make such a difference. Mm, uh, yep. You know, adding a green light or a blue light or a red light can yep. change the way you feel. Even my children, when we drive past, um, my we were driving past, just driving recently, and mm. my son said, I think that red makes you hungry. And I go, why? And he goes, because all the fast food places are red. Mm. Oh, and I was like, that's interesting that my 10-year-old would notice yeah. that I don't know if that's true or Just not. Just found a pattern. I, I have yeah. heard somewhere that McDonald's specifically chose their colours because their yellow is signified with happiness and red with hunger. I've heard oh. that before. Yeah. Well, he's probably, you know what, he's probably heard it somewhere before and then like relaying it, I'm not sure. But mm. it's true. Different colours make you feel a different way. So when you change the lights or the colours or whatever, mm. then it can make you feel more immersed in the theme. Yeah, right. So immersion is important and atmosphere and environment. Yes, atmosphere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even smells. Like I feel Smell. like that's something yep. that, um, and, and I'm not criticising anyone for this because it's something that I've really only just thought about myself. Mm. Oh, actually, I always sort of did it, but more thought about it now. Um, like in our Christmas room, for example, I have a lady that makes perfumes for me, oh, and yeah. so she made a Christmas perfume. So I get so many people who walk in there and they go, it smells like Christmas in here. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's so, cool. That's a cool thing. I mean, it probably didn't when you just checked it out because I haven't sprayed it. But I didn't <laughs> any particularly Christmassy aromas, no. No. Well, I usually spray it before people go in because yeah, it yeah. smells like cinnamon and whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever it smells like. Yeah. I don't know. She just made it. Smell would be a great one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Executioner's Tool Shed, I don't have to add smell to it because it smells like tin yeah. because it's got tin all along the walls. Mm. So you can... And people even say that when they walk in the room. They're like, it, it smell smells like creepy blood, in here. Well, it smells metallic-y. Yeah, right. So I guess that's a bit kind of a bloody of, smell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. People think it smells creepy. Mm. You know, not necessarily smells bad. It just smells creepy. That's what you want to go for. Complete sensory experience. Exactly. Every And I love textures. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a problem. I can tell that in atonement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a problem. Not a problem. But I, I wouldn't do it myself with wallpaper mm -hmm. wallpaper that is made to look like something else yeah right so right. i don't mind wallpaper but mm. like wallpaper that looks like bricks mm. i would prefer to have it feel like yes. bricks because it makes such a difference to feel so yeah i suppose using all of your senses to immerse yourself mm. um what you see obviously what yep. you smell what you feel what you hear the sounds, yeah. what you taste. I don't know about that one, but I got to admit this room is pretty convincing. You've done a nice job <laughs> on making it seem like a real room. You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, um, cool. So you've created the environment. You've created your setting, the stage yeah. for the for the play. Um, I've thought about your puzzle question now. Yeah, right. How so did, that's right. In my opinion, what makes a good puzzle, in an escape room context mm -hmm. specifically, 
um, is making the puzzle last, first of all. The puzzle last because you've got the story and everything down mm. and you've got the theming down and then you can make a puzzle that fits the theme. Yeah. So a puzzle yeah. that directly fits the theme and the storyline helps the progression of the game and that is fun. Right. Okay. Oh, what makes it fun? Not too hard. Yeah. Okay. People hate things that are too hard. If yeah. I start seeing people get frustrated, I want to help them because the last thing I want is for them to get frustrated. Yeah. I want them to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun can mean a lot of different things, mm. but I would say some of the things that I personally find fun is teamwork. So yeah. when you are really require, yeah, I think you're really required one. to maybe be in a couple of places at once yeah. or you know, you're really required to talk to each other to be able to complete the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I find that fun personally. Um, physical puzzles, mm -hmm. so things where you have to put things together or move things around, where yeah. you actually have to... People um, love that. Like, like in our rooms, we have a lot of reading and stuff like that as well, but mm. um, I personally like to be able to touch things and yeah. move them around. Moving things around is fun, yeah. Um, making sense, they have to make sense. <laughs> they have to. Yeah. You know, um, if there's too much am ambiguity, is that the word? Yeah. Ambiguity in what it means in an escape room context especially because they've got such a limited amount of time mm. to actually play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there's too much guesswork, I should say, yeah. then I don't think that's good in an escape room. Mm. Um, and what was the other thing? I had something else in my mind. What was it? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I was going to say escape rooms are interesting as a type of room that exists in the world hmm. in that when you go inside there there's minimalism in the interior design yeah and you know then there's like heaps of stuff and things escape rooms are like they have to be scarce but they're also trying to look like rooms that are full yeah like and i guess the execution is tool shed is a, is a cool design because you can make that full and no one's getting lost in what could be a puzzle but if you set it in a library yeah then you you couldn't just fill a whole wall with books because <laughs> <laughs> yeah right because um, yeah. there's like too much information in there or you yes. have to have a clear signpost of this is part of a puzzle and this yeah. isn't um, and I prefer to avoid that if, mm. as much as I can I prefer to not have to put anything on yeah. anything saying this is not a part of the puzzle you mm. know because that I feel like takes away from immersion yeah you know you so, want to play the game right exactly mm. and like. Yeah, having things that are not part of the game, if it can be avoided, I think should be. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. it can't always be avoided. Mm. Um, I try to give anything in the briefing rather than have it in the room. So yeah, I don't yeah. have to tell people not to climb over walls because nobody tries to do that. Yeah, right. But that kind of thing I wouldn't have on a wall, don't climb over the wall. I'd mm. tell them that in the briefing instead. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you want them to be immersed. Yeah. And, and trying to make the puzzle, the, you know, Contain it, whatever it is, everything in the room really indestructible um, is tricky. There's no limit to it. Um, but it needs to be thought out as well as possible. Yeah, which is an interesting design constraint because everything that you come up with like, oh, cool, I'll just put a piece of paper in there. And then that piece of paper lasts like two rooms. And yeah. Like, oh, okay, this is actually a whole process that I have to incorporate into the room. Yeah. And as an escape room owner, oh, well, for me at least, who just played some escape rooms and then made one for fun. Right. You learn over time. Mm. Like the executioner's tool shed as it is now, 
originally had a lot more in it that you could move mm. whereas now i've like attached things because like reset time used to be 10 to 20 minutes sometimes oh wow you know wow. um now it's usually five yeah you know um but you learn those things over time mm. and you know making less things to replace yes uh, yeah, yeah. Because, of course, you always have to have spares of everything just in case anything needs to be replaced. But yeah. um, trying to minimize that is mm. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to build a watch. Every uh -huh. little gear is important and yeah. you have to have spares on it. And when you take one out, the thing doesn't really work that well. Yeah. So you try and make a watch that has fewer gears in it, but yeah. it still tells the time just as Yeah, it fun. still does everything that it should. Mm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it, I, I feel like... I don't know about other escape room owners and their opinions on this, mm. but I feel like for me, it's a learning process. Like, well, mm. well, actually, I would say for most escape room owners, not only is it a learning process, but you improve over time. Yeah. You learn things from your experiences, whether they be good or bad. Um, you can't not. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you, something happens and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can find a way to sort of fix this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask? I had another question for you, another doozy. Uh, but I want to make a note on something that I witnessed. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the puzzle experience, this is really good um, for anyone listening. Kezia has just played um, something that I've created called the Puzzle Present, which is bank heist in a box. Essentially, you get this gift, and inside is a bunch of clues that you have to follow to try and unlock a vault, and in, inside the vault was some chocolate. So it was a little present that you give people. And I just watched you play this. Yep. Fascinating to see how people... <laughs> solve things yeah and uh you're you're pretty astute as well like it was great watching you because yeah 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 you know how to filter and sort of filter what's important and what's not yeah, yeah yeah um which i think you only just get with some practice of doing puzzles yeah. like this because you go oh okay i know i'm looking for a three-digit number sure. so i know what sort of clue to look for yeah um, people going in fresh just go wild yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> wild off the radar i had i saw a nice moment where just toward the end, you saw just after you had found the black light numbers yep. and letters and the wheel was on here and you read this and had these cards. It was like you realized you realized what you had to do, but that there was a little bit of like working out that might have had to have been done. Yep. And you went, let's go back to the money, <laughs> <laughs> which was hilarious. And so the money was a red, it sort of was a red herring. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have clues on it, but it confirms that Thomas is the guilty party. Yeah, okay. And it's fun to try and sift through. <laughs> but um, my experience of that was like, I saw It was you. because the W. It was because I was thinking that has to do with the Y. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of a phenomenon that you get in a in a escape room or playing puzzles where you see that you have to do some work. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm going to have to focus on this. It, and you can't just like madly sort of go around and look for something, things like that. What what are some things when you see a puzzle that makes you go, okay, I've got to just like sit down and work this out. Like, do you enjoy puzzles like that? Like, mm -hmm. complicated. I do. Complicated I feel puzzles? like that wasn't my thoughts when I was doing this. I genuinely no, no, that thought that the my... money had to do with that. I thought I was going to have to use the money with. Oh, that. in conjunction Would with you, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that's why I went to the money. Um, oh, right, but, right. Um, what what was the question? What what do I think? Uh, I was about. Um, when you have to, I guess, what makes you go, okay, time to focus on this puzzle, hone in. Cause once, once I work out what I need to do, yeah. like once I work out, like, yeah, 
that this is the puzzle I need to work out and, and these are the things I have to do to work out this puzzle, then I can mm. focus on it. But until I know what I have to do, I'll usually, you know, try and trial and error, not trial and error, that's probably not the right word, but, um, you know, try and find things that come together to solve that. But yeah. once I know how to solve it, then, yeah, absolutely focus on it, yeah. work out how it's actually done and um, do it. It's sort of like you have to... I do like, uh, on not in an escape room, but on like a more just everyday sort of thing, mm. I like puzzles that are like drawn out. Oh, okay. Like that there's a lot to them, like logic mm. puzzles and stuff like that. But in an yeah. escape room, I don't. Yeah, right, right. Beca because you're under a time pressure and, you know, I feel like in escape rooms, you really shouldn't have to spend more than five minutes on a puzzle mm. because it becomes less fun because mm. you're stressing because you're under a time pressure and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. And I find it's more enjoyable when you go, okay, I need some information and I, I sort of know what I'm looking for. Yeah. And that makes escape rooms fun rather than just being like, this makes no sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm interested in that particular phase, actually, of designing puzzles and games at the moment, mm -hmm. of getting people to understand what they have to do. Yeah. And because my thing is very, like, I'm all about creating automated experiences. Yeah. This puzzle present is, like, is my, the most refined attempt at that. Yeah. Of how do I get, and I felt like I was actually explaining a lot to you and that maybe this, do you think you you would have solved that obviously without me there? I, I think that I would have looked at hints. Yeah, right. Yeah, I but I, I didn't want to have to do that because I, you know, had people watching and I wanted them to be able to have the opportunity mm. to work it out as well. But I think, like, definitely, I've played escape room board games and stuff like that, and there oh, are yeah. times when I've gone for the hints because yeah. I've got I've got no problem with asking for hints. I just wanted the customers. The, not the customers, the people watching to have the opportunity <laughs> mm. to see it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I find that too. It's like, oh, there's no shame in going for the hint. Yeah. Like, because some feedback that you get every now and again is like, oh, that should be easier. Or oh, mm. that should be this. Or that, I didn't get it, so therefore you should change it. And sometimes the feedback I take away is like, well, that means it's important that people know that they can ask for help. Because yeah. if I... Um, I feel like maybe if this didn't say solution on it, Mm -hmm. If it said help or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it sort of feels like, like that's just going to have the one number. Ending, you know? Right. Hints um, and solution. Yeah. Maybe if um, the hints were like separate, like in. Yeah, right. So that Like not in one sheet. So that, yeah, so you can see the first one, you go, oh no, I've already done that. Let's put that aside. Mm -hmm. You can see the second one, say, so, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I think, yeah, just to get people back on track, it, it'll be interesting as more people do these to get feedback on how divergent they go with their mm -hmm. theories. But yeah. But you, you ran a pretty, um, pretty straight trajectory through it. You reckon? I yeah. felt like I was all over the place. Oh, really? No, that, well, that, that was the order of everything. And yeah. I mean, there was times where I was like, you know, focus back on this but that was all done in what I would call my correct order yeah okay so so well done I was impressed by the key I oh was yeah like I was thinking oh, I would have noticed that if it was on there but oh, yeah mm. oh thank you that's my that's probably my favorite puzzle yeah because I like tactile yeah, things yeah same yeah yeah and same. it's been a little it's like cool to be able to rip the box open I think you so know? as well yeah and I've been umming and ahhing about that of like uh do I keep it so it's replayable? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, it's 90% replayable. If you ever to give it to someone else, they would be able to do 90% of it, but yeah. they would know where the key is sort yeah. of thing. 
yeah. um, or they'd easily find it. Yeah, I mean, it's a gift. I mean, yeah, mm. replayable is something that people like to have. Mm. It's a gift. So you, it's a you gift. want the person you're gifting it to to have that experience. Mm. And I like the idea of giving something to someone and to enjoy it, they have to destroy yeah. it slightly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. So it looks like uh, we might have to just start wrapping it up. Yeah, nice, sorry, what's short the time? and sweet little interview. It's just about uh, quarter past 12. <laughs> well, there can be time for more in the future. Yeah, um, yeah. But Kez, thank you so much for talking to me about uh, what makes a good puzzle and how you immerse mm -hmm. people into the world. And especially that buy-in factor of like what gets you committed to the puzzle. Because mm -hmm. um, I haven't had that discussion yet about, well, being, we sort of talked about it last week in rules of a game how do you mm. tell someone the rules of a game in a world where people cannot bear to sit still for 30 seconds mm -hmm. like uh well I, actually i might have just asked you on that how do you like how long are your briefings as short as i can make them yeah um i, tr I try to like i make the rules very simple mm. um and i make the game explanation a little bit more complex like yeah i this is i'll tell you my briefing the main thing i say like what is an escape room for people who haven't played i say an escape room is a puzzle adventure game where you go into a themed room and you need to work together as a team to find clues oh and by the way this is something else i do sorry yeah. i'm like saying this in the middle of things no, i use it. my hands a lot uh, because i feel like people engage a little better so i say interesting <laughs> and it's funny because i do it automatically but mm. um in my mind, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, well, you fo uh, go into a... Sorry, let me just start <laughs> again. Uh, an escape room is a puzzle adventure game where mm -hmm. you go into a room, and a themed room, and you need to work together as a team to find clues, solve puzzles, unlock locks, and escape the room before the time runs out. Nice. Which you won't be able some... to see in the podcast, but... She's doing some awesome, like, uh, flight attendant type uh, yeah. gestures, which but is like, great. But, like, by putting each of those things in mm. different hands... It, like shows this is something that you have to do and then this is something that you totally. have to do. Totally, it's know? visual. Um, and, then, and then I go and I explain like about doors being locked and well, whatnot. Mm. I don't really say much in the way of rules yeah, because right. we don't really have much in the way of rules. Mm. Um, Explore. I don't find it necessary usually mm. to have to explain much in the way of rules. Um, and I tell people the story of the game. Yeah. I try to make it creepy if it's creepy or fun if it's fun yeah you know yeah. um i also like to put a lot of jokes in there so i no, like to joke with my customers like i'll say um you know uh so you know the executioner blah blah will return in an hour or whatever um so just solve the puzzles or you'll die you know <laughs> people get a kick and out that, that normally gets a laugh yeah, yeah yeah and so joking i think helps because people are focusing because Mm. And you can tell they're focusing because they're laughing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And um, you also have the branding of being the, the scariest escape room yeah. in the area. In yeah, Brisbane. I think I can claim that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should so, play it. I'm, I would love to. Mm. I just don't have any friends. Mm. So that's my only I hate problem. hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Except you, Kezia. Yeah, <laughs> um, Well, look, that's great. Let's let's leave it there. I think that's sure. a, a good little podcast. Um, okay. We'll definitely have you on again and talk yep. at, more at length about um, creating these these fictional worlds. And yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for being on. Thanks for playing no the Bank Heist in a Box. No worries. Thank you for giving me the Bank Heist in a Box. It was very exciting. <laughs> My pleasure. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya.
And that's it for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed that, please think about uh, subscribing to the podcast. We release two episodes every week. One is a reality episode where I interview someone around town uh, who's an expert in these fields of inquiry. And the second is a fictional episode. Um, this is a library bank of clues that I'm going to use as a part of the Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society. It's also a bit of fun for me. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I just want to record and put out, out into the world. Uh, there's some poems, there's some um, skits, there's fictional worlds. It's an attempt at building a larger scale world. So if you ever play one of my experiences, you might be directed to the podcast to listen to a portion of one of the fictional episodes um, that's going to contain a clue to help you solve a puzzle. So if you're interested, um, please feel free to contact me. I'm James at the Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society. You can find me at info at brisbaneexplorers.com. Links all in the show notes there. Um, if you would like to submit some work, I would love to put up a variety of different types of fictional work on here. Or if you're interested in being interviewed and being on the podcast and sharing your ideas and thoughts and feelings about what makes a good puzzle, what makes a good immersive experience, um, I would love to hear from you. So thank you again once more for listening, and we'll see you next time. Ciao.